Hey folks, it's Tomo, Sean, and Andrew from What's Going On Here. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Or wherever you stream your favorite podcast. Thanks for tuning in. to another episode of what's going on here this is episode 81 as promised my name is tomo lubrick also known as t love in robotic vacuum manufacturer circles just in case you didn't know that and with me as always i have uh, our faithful companion our king of the flock of birds as you can see behind him always looking very aerodynamic looking like he's had a little bit of sun it is a COVID sun. It sounds like a Soundgarden song, but it is a COVID sun. Uh, <laughs> our friend, your friend, my friend, Mr. Sean Quigley, also known as the Quig in curbside pickup circles. Uh, Sean, how are you, sir? I am good. And I tell you, the, the curbside circles are getting tense. It's a tense circle. You know, it started off uh it started off good it seems like any movie surrounded about a small business idea it started off like fun and we're all gonna do good merrily we roll along kind of like yeah we're gonna make some good like there was uh, a little montage number with some hall of notes and we were doing the curbside oh, and, the and then um and it started to get a little dark once the money started to get a little green once the booze was really rolling um I have to say, I'm kind of, it's not as good as it used to be. It's, it's, it's a tragic story. It would make a fabulous documentary, but it is a little bit of a tragic story. The downfall. I think it would make a terrible documentary. I, I don't. I, I'd watch it. It's fascinating. It's like watching pedophile serial killers. It's just fascinating. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> and joining us as always is our handsome G.I. Joe lookalike. You know him as a filmmaker, a marketer, a streetwalker. Well, no, you don't know him as that. Um, <laughs> a few people do. Uh, Mr. Andrew Albagies, also known as AA in book printing circles. Andrew, how are you, sir? Doing well. Book printing circles. Yeah. Yeah. In books. That's, that's how they get made. Except for the digital, they do that now too, but you know, <laughs> that's all I got for book printing circles. <laughs> nice, okay, <laughs> that was a great intro. And for those of you that will be watching this on YouTube, very obviously you will see we have a guest today, a very special guest, we're very excited. We have Mr. Matt Provenza, New York City actor and filmmaker. Um, also known as MP in British government circles. How are you, Matt? How are things? I'm very well. Uh, MP is perhaps not the best nickname to have these days, but it's my pleasure to be on the show. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us, sir. Thank you for joining us, sir. Well, uh, all right. So let's just get started. For those of you that don't know, haven't heard the show or seen the show before, what we do is we've evolved over time. We were first just a, a podcast of two where we um, picked up food, local food and local beer and judged it and then watched the middle 20 minutes of movies and TV shows. We expanded to, or I should say contracted because we were running out of restaurants, to just doing drinks, but we still did our 20 minutes, middle 20 minutes of shows. Andrew came along and we decided, you know what, there's so much more out there in the world, like Paris Hilton cooking shows, and Tiger King documentaries, and UFOs and aliens, and we just expanded and we're going there, so that's what we do. We find something in the popular culture zeitgeist, and we try to like break down and analyze it and figure out why exactly Gwyneth Paltrow makes money off of you, like stuff like that, you know. 
And at the same time, what we've kept the core of the show, which is the star of the show, is we find uh, a nice craft beer or a cider or a wine or a cocktail or a spirit, and we taste test it for you and give you grades at the end. So the star of the show this time is Blue Point's Summer Ale. For those of you that haven't seen, this is a summer ale by the Blue Point Brewing Company. Um, now, obviously, because of logistics, Matt wasn't able to, 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 to find this. Because of COVID, we're all kind of staying apart. So this is what we did. But he's enjoying a nice Guinness. So Matt, right. you want to pop that Guinness? There we go. Look at that. Some beer, yeah. That's good beer. Solid beer. So uh, it's a summer ale. It is 4.5% ABV with 19 IBU. For those of you that don't know what those letters mean, alcohol by volume and international bitterness units. And it's made by the Blue Point Brewing Company, which is in, located in Patchogue, New York, and Merrimack, New Hampshire. And I have to say, and, and back me up on this, Andrew, I'm loving this label. The you beat me to it. I was thinking, I was thinking at some point I'll have to we'll have to acknowledge that, especially with the, the summer and the shark and everything. The well, I mean, for people who don't know, Long Island is actually a big shark area, especially like when you go out to like Montauk, you could go um, into the cages out there and go into the water and have the sharks around you while they throw bloody fish around you, which- So George was set, the book, before they moved it. Right, right. To the movie. Yeah. And yeah. I love, I mean, we should have had this when we were doing the Spielberg countdown for Jaws, because this, oh, right? this is perfect. Especially the little like half-eaten uh, 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 flipper there. Yeah. That's fantastic. I love that. So, all right. so let, let's get down to the beeswax and give our listeners the sound that they want. Crack, I'll crack over the bottle. You boys get the cans. Ready? Three, two, one. Ah. I can't, I clip my, I fucking clip my fingernails today. Ah. Oh. You got it? You okay? Uh, <laughs> Sean, is Sean is miserable. Hold on, let me, oh, I, I got a glass so we can see. Oh, look at that. That's a nice, nice looking summer ale. Ooh, clear, oh, very clear. All right, well, gents. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Clink. Everybody, cheers. Salud. Not bad. Thoughts, gentlemen? Hmm. This is a very, um, I don't know if I would even call this an ale. Yeah. I would go more lager with this one. I was thinking that too. Yeah, I guess it, lager, yeah. It's, I mean, it's nice and especially for like, cause we've had some hot humid days. This is a nice beer to have, it's four and a half percent. There's nothing that screams wow at me, but it's a perfectly serviceable beer. Mm -hmm. Nice on a hot day, I imagine. On a hot day, nice and crisp and cool, yeah. Yeah. You kind of all sound like you're really struggling to find the good qualities in this beer for someone who's- No, 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 not at all. It's it's actually not a bad beer. Okay. I'll be right back, talk amongst yourselves. John, 17 more of them. That's a good quality, I imagine, for so, a beer that is just okay. Based on first impressions, are you how are you feeling about having 17 more of them? Um, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, know, it, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, I mean, in, if someone just gave me 18 of these beers, I'd be like, oh, okay. But if the case was that I just bought 18 of these beers, we buy beers in 18s, and this is maybe the first time I've ever bought an 18 pack of beer and it's this beer, I'm a little, you know, I'm a little 
a little upset about it. I'm a little worried that someone's going to come around and see that I have so many of these beers and then they're just going to think that that's my favorite beer. Are you planning, I, I know with social distancing, this is almost impossible, but are there any plans for summer gatherings or anything like that? And you can be like, hey guys, I got all these beers. Help yourself to one. That's true. If it's a grip, this summer ale, backyard barbecue, something like that. Uh, yep, that is true. I may, uh, I'm, I'm, I may do that. We'll see. Um, That's probably why they make an 18 pack for summer barbecues specifically. Probably. <laughs> yes, I imagine so. So that's fine. That will be, that's, it's, it's doable. It's not the end of the world. It's, it's, it's beer. It's just a lot of, it's a lot of, um, a lot of beer. I don't know. I, the last beer I drank before this one uh-huh. was because it was, I saw it in the supermarket and it was, what was it? It was Father's Day. And I was like, I'm going to get a good beer. Is I got the Brooklyn Black Ops. Oh. oh. So I'm coming fresh off of that. No, yeah. that's You set yourself up for failure. I did. I did. You did. It was literally like going from Obama to Trump. I mean, <laughs> it's literally that. Yeah, this uh, beer this is, is getting worse and worse. It says you guys drink more of it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. This is not Trump. This is it would be like going from Obama to Ted Cruz. After it'd be like, uh, no, that's is not that any better. No, sure. in comparison to Trump, it feel that's the wrong one. Mark no, no, Trump, you're right. No, no, Trump, Trump is right. It, it would be like the beer the, is definitely not that bad. No, 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 no. If if the beer was Trump, it would literally be an empty can full of shit. I mean, that's what it would be. <laughs> From Black Ops to a can of turds. It's like going from Cuomo dealing with COVID to de Blasio dealing with COVID. <laughs> that's correct. Right. Yes, yes. Yeah, that, that's more accurate. You're absolutely right. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. All right. So today's subject, which we uh, alluded to on the last episode, we are reviewing the movie Velocipastor. What is Velocipastor, you ask? Well, it is a great achievement of 21st century cinema. Um, It's an hour and 10 minutes, and I think everybody should go out and watch this, just for the first 10 minutes. You don't even have to watch the whole movie. The first 10 minutes is probably like the best that you'll see. It's, It's classified as a comedy horror, and the horror parts are really just all comedy. Just like bad comedy. Funny you should say that, because I was thinking that's how I'm going to sell this movie to people to see it, is just watch the first 10 minutes. You don't need to see anything <laughs> yes. else. You know? It's a solid opening. Like, it's a solid opening. I mean, you can tell this guy, he's a film student. He obviously is a fan of Tarantino, Scorsese, because he's got, you know, all that style. He's got, he's like, right, strong. We need to just, you know, it's a good opening. It's in, it's in there. Maybe some of the best 10, opening 10 minutes of movies I've seen in long. We ran out of money for the effects there at the beginning. Uh, so you have to use your imagination, but. I think there was no money for the effects. Yeah. I won't spoil that for anybody. Like, there was no smart film student trick used there. It was just, no, we're just going to have the audience imagine that that's what's happening here. I like to give they missed the shot, or like someone walked across the shot, and then they were like, oh. Fuck. You know what? <laughs> the filmmaker that made that, I, I forget his name, but if he saw the video that the two or, or one African kid made, shot for shot of uh, extraction. Oh, the extraction trailer, yeah. I mean, he's probably kicking himself because he easily could have gotten like a little Tonka truck and just set it on fire, like in, in the parking lot there. He easily could have done that. I'm pretty sure that it was intentional. What? I, what I, but, yeah, but, yeah you, you, know. you could be right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, I thought it was funny, like when we talked about this on the last podcast, I didn't know much about it other than I saw like, you know, the meme that you sent us, Sean, when it, when it had the, the log line of it, the perfect movie doesn't exist. And then, you know, um, <laughs> so there was one part of me that thought like, 
is this a movie that someone made and was trying to be serious and it's so bad or is it was it made as a joke and you you know clearly you find out two seconds into watching it that everyone was in on the joke yes um, yes i would love a version of this movie though where it was someone trying desperately hard to make like a great great movie and well, it's just that's why it's not the room is that i was thinking that as i was yeah. watching and with an actor brain, I was like, it's, it's, you know, it's a great sketch, it, the way they've done it, but for it to be a movie and to be actually successful, you need a good portion of these people to really be trying really yeah. hard. Well, I was going to, I was going to say, uh, uh, the act, the, the, the guy who was the priest, their acting wasn't terrible. It no. His acting was good. His acting was really good for everything that he had to do. Like, clearly he knew he was, it wasn't intended to be taken seriously. And I think he, right. he nailed it. I mean, yeah, but he, he and, screamed and the girl, after his parents pass. That, so was, yeah, that was very small. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And what the priest says to him, uh, <laughs> your parents died, Doug. It's what parents do. They <laughs> <died>. <laughs> parents do. Can you imagine if a priest said that to you? I would be out of that church so fast. Oh, my God. And they're, like, drinking after hours in the sanctuary. Like, that's, that's, that, there's everything that makes me proud of Catholicism is in that shot. Yeah. <laughs> before, we get, before we get into the movie, let me read the logline. I got the logline here for those people who don't know it. And this logline alone should make you run and see this movie. You can watch it for free on Voodoo. You just have to sign up and you can watch it for free. Here's the logline. And I'll do it in my best uh, voiceover voice. After losing his parents, a priest travels to China where he inherits a mysterious ability that allows him to turn into a dinosaur. Although he is horrified by the new power, a hooker convinces him to use it to fight crime. If you're a producer and someone pitches this to you on the elevator, there are so many movies that we've watched and we've said it, if you go back through our episodes, where we've said like, this is a producer that just did an eight ball of cocaine and is coming home from a party and he walks by a frat house and he's like, hey guys, anybody want to make a fucking movie? I got eight million dollars in my fucking pocket. And, and they go and make the movie. That, that's what this, that's what that elevator pitches. For sure. I can't believe it didn't, apparently he tried twice to fund it on Kickstarter. Um, to crowdfund it and it didn't work. No one was funding it. I don't know what's wrong with people because if I'd have seen it, I would have invested, obviously. Um, it, it didn't work. And in the end, it was a, a private investor who put in the $35,000 that it cost to make the movie. I, before I watched it, my wife was, because she was laughing when I read the log line to her and she was like, that sounds like a great movie. You have to watch it. And I was getting ready to watch it tonight before the show. And I was like, man, I hope she was like, so what do you think it's going to be? So it's going to be schmaltzy, but I'm hoping there's at least a rubber suit. And was I happy boy when that freaking rubber suit came out. That was fan fucking tastic. That's a real beauty. It, it was, it was like the hunchback of dinosaur dame. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that thing was. It was just awful, and it was fantastic at the same time. So, so, so let's start. So we'll break down the movie. We'll, we'll start. The opening movie is there's a young priest reading from the Bible, doing his sermon, and um, I forget what the quote was, but it was something basically like, um, love your enemy. It was just one of these very biblical things and something, right? And um, then it goes, he's done with church. Mind you, they never show the pews to show if there's any congregation in the church because obviously there is none. They don't have a budget for that many extras. I'm pretty sure there was, some, there was like a part where the congregation says amen or something and you could literally hear two, maybe three extras. <laughs> right, right. It was the caterers. Like, hey, can, can you just like say amen? That's... <laughs> so... Um, so then he comes out of the church and he closes the church door and his parents are across the street and his parents just middle-aged couple in front of a car very regular car 
And he's like, hey, mom and dad. And he's just waving happily. <laughs> oh, waving. So let me just break that whole scene down right there. I'm creeped out already because why are two middle-aged parents waiting for their adult priest son and it's almost like, like he just came back from fucking camp. It's just weird. It's a little bit disturbing. I don't like it. <laughs> so as he takes two steps down the stairs from the church, there's an explosion. And he falls down and we're like, oh my God. And then it comes, cuts back to the car. Now the car was parked in one of these uh, uh, diagonal parking spots up against the sidewalk of a street like that's very obviously a commercial area with uh, shops and whatever else but there's no car there there's no parents there you hear the sounds of the explosion and there's just print in the middle of the screen that says vfx car burning <laughs> and that's it arguably one of the best parts of the movie <laughs> it really was and then it cut back to the priest and he's like why like 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 WWE kind of like screaming, you know, like no tears at all. But they cut back again to the to the scene, and again it just says VFX car burning. Yeah, if you didn't know what you were getting into by this point, you do. Yeah, was that? I said if you didn't know what you were getting into, as soon as this part happens on the screen, you're like, ah, yeah. all right. That was for me. Yes. I honestly didn't know that it was in on it spoofing until this point and i was like yeah yeah me too i was i was i was i was getting ready for like okay this is going to be like one of the jean-claude van damme movies in the like late 80s this is what we're getting into here and then that came up and i was like oh (laughs) for those of you who are jvd aficionados it harkens back to the days of no retreat no surrender Mm. any of you guys ever seen true you guys are all too young for that, aren't you? No, I've seen that. I've, I've seen that catalog of JCVD. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Excellent. Well, thank you for backing me up, Quick. I appreciate that. These other young fuckers, they could go to hell. Anyway. All right. I'm going to have to do some research. You didn't give me the watch list pre-podcast here. So, you know, this is true. My, my fault. My fault. The guest is always right. I'm sorry, man. Right. Yeah, right. So, so then he goes, uh, he goes into the church and it's Father Stewart, who's his mentor. And like Matt alluded earlier, he's comforting him. And he says, what did you expect? Parents die. This is what parents do. This is a priest comforting another priest. That's all they do, apparently. And at no point, at no point do either of them say anything about the fact that they blew up. It's just like, right, no, no. they just died. That's what they do, which it wasn't, it was clearly some sort of tragedy, but there's no discussion whatsoever of like, how could this? It's a strange thing for a priest to even say. It's not, it's not even like there's any biblical reference for that. Nope. <laughs> As he pours in more wine, it's like, where'd you, is that communion wine? Like, I, we're, we're, that's sort of what's intimated here. Like, yeah, because now you're now now all I can think of is that communion wine is nothing but freaking yellowtail Merlot that that he just kind of did this to and, and pours in his fucking cup. I mean, what is this? What what are you doing? And so the priest says that, which is ridiculous, and, and like Matt said. He just pours freaking wine into the other guy's cup. And they're sitting there like two guys at a bar, literally. And he says, you should travel. That's what you should do. That'll help clear your head. And then the movie starts. And for some bizarre reason, the music in the movie is all this like surfer rock and roll. Well, it's a total ripoff of Jurassic Park at the end, too. Like, there's two bars on the guitar. They're like... And then it cuts off. So whatever they could include and not get sued for, that went in there for sure. So so the priest is driving, and of course it's it's a it's a green screen in the back of him driving, and he's doing the tan, and you see the rosary beads around his neck, and they go to the front of the car, and of course young priest. Vow of poverty, vow of celibacy, but some fucking how. He's driving a 68 Camaro SS, you know, the most desired car in America. It's like, 
really, dude, where did you get this fucking car? I, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, so he's driving and he's traveling and the music is rocking and he's literally. <laughs> is he wearing his priest outfit at that point? Like his dog? Yes. Yeah, I noticed that in the beginning, I don't know if it's all the way through, but definitely in the beginning, like the dog collar, like because priest dog collars aren't that fancy anyway. Right. They specifically were wearing like fancy dress. Like it was like the, the older priest had, it was like, um, it was like a, a foam black ring. Yeah. That then just had a white piece of fabric sewed over it that was sort of kind of hanging a little bit. That looked like a priest thing, but if you put the lights up, you would just be like, the fuck are you wearing? It's like, we had black shirts. Yeah. We couldn't figure out the dog collar thing. We spent all the money on the Camaro. We couldn't do anything after that. <laughs> it's like, my Uncle Joey said, if anything happens to this fucking Camaro, we're all dead. We're all dead. So he's driving, and then they show him walk literally in a t-shirt, jeans, with a backpack, Again, he's traveling, and he's walking through some random woods somewhere. Again, this could have been any park in Manhattan, any park in Westchester, any park in Queens, Brooklyn, in the whole New York metro area. Literally could have been any park. And he's walking through, and the shot is him walking for a while. And then you see a girl running. Well, not yet. You see. Chinese girl running. China. This China. Right, right. On right. First. China. Right, right. China in print comes up. And, and then he looks into the distance and he goes, China. <laughs> yes. Like, you didn't China. say that before? You didn't, like, when you got off the airport? It... So are we to assume he drove to China? Yeah. I think that's oh, the situation. He went across the Bering Straits. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was a dream sequence because it's like, how are we in China now? But. <laughs> and. The girl. <clears throat> That's not the weirdest transition. That's not oh, the weirdest. Yeah, part. No. <laughs> the, the girl is running. Uh, there's a Chinese girl running, very much in like traditional garb. Like all of a sudden, this is looking like the old Channel Five Kung Fu movie, like Jackie Chan and you know the drunken master. That that kind of dress, and she's running, and. They just do a shot of a dude with a bow and arrow. And mind you, the bow and arrow looks like it's from like the 17th century. And she's like, what? huh? And so, my wife, I was like, they have guns in China, right? Yeah. <laughs> but now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and the dude shoots the girl and goes through her heart. And she keeps running. And... Our happy priest, uh, what was his name? Doug? Doug Jones, right? Doug, I think, yeah. Doug, yeah. Um, he's just walking through happily, do-do-do-do-do, coming up a hill. All of a sudden, this girl kind of trips and falls down and rolls over. She's, she's running, literally, with about six inches of arrow shaft sticking out of her chest. Like, literally. And she falls over, and he, like, sees her, and he runs over, he rolls her over, and he almost gets literally stabbed in the nose by this arrow that's sticking out of her chest. And he says, are you hurt? And I just lose my shit. Because there's literally, like, eight inches of arrow sticking out of the girl's chest. Like, ketchup and, and bad blood all over her shirt. He says, are you hurt? And then doesn't she start, like, spitting up blood, too? She's spitting up blood. She starts up to in Chinese, and she basically, she has like a dinosaur tooth in her hand. And she says, um, like, you have to destroy it. And he goes, I'm sorry, you want me to take it? And she says, you have to destroy it. And, <laughs> and he goes, I don't understand. So she gives it to him, and he takes this big tooth. And then she says, and this is the part that kills me. She, trans she, she transitions to English. Yeah. It's not broken English like somebody that just learned it like yesterday for a movie script. This is very obviously a girl who grew up in the States. <laughs> Without any inflection, any hint of an accent, she says, Dragon Warrior. And I'm like, really? 
you didn't even like the R's were perfect. I mean, it's like you were American via Ireland. I don't understand how it's like Dragon Warrior, bloody hell. I was like, what the what? Wait a minute. Well, this it it just catapults the movie into that level of uh, wages of fear or wings of desire where they transition between languages seamlessly. You know? <laughs> exactly. And then he takes the thing and he trips, he sees the guy with the arrow and the guy with the arrow points at him and he trips and falls down and grabs a branch that gashes his hand wide open, which I'm like, what kind of fucking branch is that? That like, oh, I thought it was the, I thought it was the, the dinosaur tooth. I thought it was the tooth too. Gashes yeah. into him. Okay. Yeah. Cause see, I didn't get that. Turned into a tree, pretty sure. Was that? If the tree had cut him, he'd probably have turned into a tree. He'd be like a, a yeah. It was the it was because it was shaped like the, that triangle, like that dino tooth. Okay. <laughs> this I is thought, what he presumably. I thought the branch cut him, and then the tooth touched his blood. That that was my that was my read on the situation. Interesting. I mean, you literally, are a scientist. <laughs> this is true. This is true. So I know what the fuck I'm talking about, especially after a couple of beers. Right. Um, so in your scientific expertise, if someone's holding an ancient dragon tooth and they cut their hand on a tree and the dragon tooth touches the blood, presumably whatever is on this dragon tooth gets into their bloodstream. First of all, Andrew, yeah. let me stop you there. You sound like a fool. It's not a dragon tooth. It was <laughs> a mythical. It was a dinosaur tooth. Dinosaur. Okay. That's a real thing. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. The dinosaur tooth touches the open wound and presumably elements from it get into your bloodstream. It's completely scientifically possible for you to turn into a dinosaur person, right? Absolutely. I mean, we don't know what dinosaurs had or didn't have. For all you know, they were full of recombinant DNA, which would go in on a retrovirus and turn you into a dinosaur when you're upset or horny. I mean, it, it, it happens. You heard it here, folks. Right. From the mouth of a scientist. Yeah. Everyone's saying these days, listen to the scientist. Don't listen, listen to, the to the scientist. Listen to the scientist. Absolutely. But I would like to know what the movie would be called if he got turned into a tree. Priest. Tree pastor. Tree pastor? Yeah, it doesn't have the same ring. No. It, what it would, uh, it's a shame. It would be good if he was a doctor. It could just be tree doctor. It could be a tree doctor. Could it just be like, Priestry. Priestry, yeah, I mean. P-R-I-E-S-T-R-E-E. -E. Or Maple Monk. Ooh, ooh, I like that one the best. <laughs> Maple Monk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, you see him, he gets cut. And he starts falling over, and and the camera effect is the the um, going out of focus. Someone's about to pass out uh, 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 effect, and then he wakes up and he's all sweaty and he's covered in sweat. And at first, initially, you're like, "What the hell? Did, did someone take him in? Did he like kill the dude with the arrow? What's going on?" And then the priest comes in, priest Stewart, who told him that parents just died. That's what they do, which as inconsiderate as that sounds, he wasn't lying. I mean, the fact that's what, you know, people die. They just happen to be parents. Anyway, um, so apparently he's having nightmares and the priest comes in and just casually, the priest is, I'm trying to think, he was reminding me of somebody and I can't think of who he reminded me. Like of a fairly big name actor. Also, coincidentally, he kind of reminded me of John Bolton, but uh, a, a fairly big named actor. I can't. William Hurt? Uh, no. Mm. Uh, Almost like I've seen him in something like serious. Like they bagged an actor who did this like for shits and giggles, but I've seen him in serious stuff. I don't think he did. I, I, just from looking, so I was trying to figure it out, whoever that guy is, the actor who played the older priest, has the same surname as the filmmaker. Okay, so, so oh. clearly not. Bad. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, this is dad probably, yeah, yeah. So he walks in and he says, is it the same nightmare again? And he says, yeah. <laughs> he says, um, so with the tooth or with the girls, like, what did that, what did that Chinese say? Yeah, we instantly go into film noir, like hard-boiled Humphrey Bogart. What did that Chinese say? Yeah. Like, what did that Chinese say? The way your casually racist relative would say it at a barbecue that makes you just want to kick them right in the fucking nuts. Yeah. Like, what did that Chinese say? And it was like, uh, what? <laughs> and then he repeats what the girl says <laughs> again. And you think this is done. And you're like, this guy should run for office. And he says, oh, how Eastern. He says, the dude quotes what the girl says. He says, how Eastern. And I'm like, what the hell is happening right now? Okay. From there, um, let's see. The scene cuts to, oh, that's right. He goes to get a breath of fresh air. And he's dressed in just like black pants. He's always wearing Converse, Chuck Taylors. And he's got a white, uh, 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 what call it, undershirt, a wife beater on. And John McClane. Was that? John McClane. He's got the diehard attire. He, yeah. Very much so. Very much so. And um, so as he walks out, there's a homeless guy on the stoop there. Definitely not Rigo Latvia. This is definitely somewhere in the city, in the five boroughs. Um, so the homeless guy asks him for money. He says, no, I don't have anything. For Angrily, I might say, not in a very calm priest-like way. He says, I took a vow of poverty. I have no material possessions. And he just pushes the bum away. And he goes stumbling down the street. He bumps into what's very obviously a hooker. Homeless guy asks her for money. She pulls out like a fiber and gives it to him. Heart of gold. Particle. Of course, well, it, it's, it's uh, what's her name? Uh, pretty Woman, all over again. This is basically what it is. And she walks over, and I'm trying to think, are we introduced to the pimp beforehand, or? No, no, no. No. To the print, 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 pimp, and she says, I forget what her line is. But, she just says, like, hey, hey, how's it going? And he's like, oh. Good to see you. And then just like slaps the shit out of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. he just like, she, says, she says something like, hey, where's the money at? And do you want to make it? He says, yeah. he turns around all happy. He says, yeah, I want to make it. Wow. Bitch. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. He says, he says, what's my name? And this, this was like, I wanted to stop after this because I was like, it's not going to get better than this. <laughs> he says, and, and he says, what's my name? And she, she says, Frankie Mermaid. Mind you, they didn't even bother giving her any, like, bruising makeup or anything. Her makeup is still perfectly done, and she's got a lollipop in her mouth. And he says, why do they call me Frankie Mermaid? And she says, because you're swimming in bitches. <laughs> and I'm just, what? Oh, that's He's the best character by far. Yeah. And I mean, I have to say, whoever that dude was, he committed. He fucking committed to this role. Oh, this sure. funny. He was doing Harvey Cartel. He was just like, he's like, I'm going to chew the shit out of this. Yes, yes, absolutely. And um, he basically tells her she has to go work in the park because that's where you're going to make the money. You've got to go work in the park. And that's when he says my favorite line when he yells across the street, and I guess one of his hookers is a guy, which, sure. He says, hey, Jerry, if you put as many dicks in your mouth as you do sandwiches, I'd be a millionaire. Which, to which point, I just fucking lose it. I, that, should be the, the, that should be the title for this episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to think how we could sell that as the title of this episode. It's a little it, long that many dicks in your mouth as you do sandwiches, we'd be millionaires. Who are we addressing that to? Our listeners? I, 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 I hope that we have one listener who's called Jerry, and he's going to go and look at his podcast queue, and he's going to go, oh, shit, this COVID is getting really interactive. <laughs> <laughs> that would be... That would be 
pretty freaking fantastic. As he's reaching for the sandwich. <laughs> yeah. If you <laughs> sticks in your mouth the way you do sandwiches, I'd be a millionaire. I mean, that's – is there a better line? I mean, I'm telling you, you give that line to freaking uh, uh, Sam Jackson, that shit is gold. That shit is gold. And people are repeating it for the rest oh, of the T-shirts, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's okay. So then the scene cuts to uh, the hooker walking in the park. And this, to me, was one of the weirdest choices in the movie. It just, it wasn't even funny. It was just bad. Like, this was, like, thoroughly bad. She's walking in the park, and, of course, obviously, some guy tries to mug her. So he comes from behind, he has a gun, and he says, give me all your money or your life. But the way he's saying it, it's not in a desperate way. It's a, I'm horny, but my dick is stuck in something and I can't get it out way. You know, he's just like, give me all your money or your life. And I'm like, who the fuck, what, who talks like that? Why? I just don't, I just don't see any criminal would be saying it that way. Especially not if somebody's like, uh, you know, desperate for money. Like, wouldn't you, like, try to get out faster instead of... Maybe he had emphysema. I don't know what the character choice was here, but, you know, it was just terrible. So, of course, she's like... What's that? I was just going to say, there's so many great performances in this movie. So this guy really does kind of stand out as he wasn't that great. No, right. Exactly. I think if if you were in, like, an average movie, you probably wouldn't even notice. It's just that he's surrounded by such amazing performances. It's true. It's true. It's absolutely true. So... She's about to get, she says, oh, no, she says, I don't have the money, but I know the guy that does. Very obviously referring to Frankie Mermaid. He says, well, take me to him. (laughs) Comes along Doug, and he's like right in the middle of a transformation. His skin is getting kind of green. He's got the lizard eyes, and there's a growling sound, and our hooker, what was her name? Um, Carol. Carol. I'll say this for her, the actress that it chose. She has a, very much a Jennifer Lawrence in Catching Fire or what, what, were the, what was the... Oh, Hunger Games? Hunger Games, thank you. Very much has a Jennifer Lawrence look in Hunger Games about her. Hmm. Um, and our dinosaur comes out for the first time. He starts attacking the, the guy. He jumps on him. The guy's screaming and just firing gunshot after gunshot after gunshot. And this is the first time we see like the dinosaur head. At which point I have to pause and go to the bathroom because I just about pissed my pants laughing. Um, Come back, put it back on. The dude is screaming bloody murder like he's being mauled by a bear. But then in the next scene, he stands up and he's fine and he's just shooting the gun off. Right. Yeah, he gets mauled, and then he gets up, and there's, like, barely any blood on him. Nothing. Nothing. And he's, like, shooting like crazy. And for some reason, which, and I know what the reason is, the reason is this was a BB gun that you literally have to, like, reset every time. Because every time, I'm just like, if that's supposed to be a Glock, there's no reason for that. That's why they call them semi-automatic, and you just press, like, the trigger and unload 15 rounds in no time. I mean, it's... But he's, like, doing this, and I'm like, okay, it's a BB gun. Um, and, and then we see our first real big special effect. The dinosaur grabs him by the head and rips the head off. You don't see it happening, but then you see our hooker, Carol, standing there, and a plastic doll head that's just kind of red and wet rolls by her feet. And she has a face of, like, Like, not terrified. She's just like, you could do that? I didn't know you could do that. And then our priest wakes up in the bed again. And she walks in, and she's got a robe on, looking like Leon Phelps from Saturday Night Live. It's like, what the, what's happened here? And he wakes up, and of course, they have their exchange, and he thinks she banged him. 
Um, and he's like, was I really bad? And she says, oh, I don't know. I must have peed my, pe- I, I think I peed myself. She comes in and he says, my child or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's very strange, right? <laughs> it's very creepy. It's like, keep your role play to yourselves. It's like, this really <laughs> consumption. It's really gross, okay? Maybe yeah, you guys are like- into it, but that's fine. Do what you want, I, but don't, don't force it on me. This is really weird. So um, how, did it, how did it come about? How did she tell him? Well, she's saying, she's saying like, oh, that was amazing last night. And he's right. like, oh, no. Um, <laughs> and then he said, that was my first time. Was it for you, too? And she's like, yeah. And is that where she's like, yeah, I've never seen anyone turn into a dinosaur before or something no, like no, that? No. She says, he was like, oh. And he's feeling all good about himself. She says, it was over before you know it. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> and he's like, she's like, what are you talking about? Finally, they go. I was just like, all right, that was, that was a nice little like lead up. And she says, no, you killed the guy last night. He's like, what? So yeah, you turned into a dinosaur. And this is the best part. This is the part that I'm just like, okay, somebody really got their religious backgrounds wrong. Because he stands up and he says, there are no such things as dinosaurs. And I certainly didn't turn into one. I'm like, you're Catholic. You know, <laughs> I came out with a big bang theory was a fucking Catholic priest. You know that, right? Like Catholic priests are really into science because they can't, you know, that kind of stuff. So they got to fucking do other shit like drink and smoke and do science and build walls and make beer. That's what they do. Come on. And, and so she, he, he does this whole creationism thing. And I'm like, how did that? No, that's, that's besides the point. She Catholic is literally the magic Christianity. That's how I try and explain to people where somebody's raised Catholic. I'm like, Catholicism is, is the one that believes in magic with the whole transubstantiation business. It's literally like, oh no, this wine becomes blood and the flesh becomes, it's real. Really believe in magic. That's what makes Catholic special is they just really believe in magic. Like, is that the scene? I don't know, maybe this comes later, but... Does she go to touch him? And he's like, touch not thy, with, by thy sinning hand. So that's later. That's, that's, that's later. later. Yeah, that's that was later. Okay, that's later. Okay, that, never mind. That's, that's when she tells him, that makes it she tough. tells him there's a body I'll show you as proof. And he goes, okay. Now, mind you, he's <laughs> naked because he busted, busted through all the clothes. He's naked. He says, do you have anything for me to wear? And she says, yeah. And then they're out in the woods. And she literally gives him a one-piece, like, mini dress that he is wearing. And literally, his junk is just about drooping out under from this, like, short miniskirt dress. At no point in the movie after this, spoiler alert as we're going through this in, in real time, but he does turn into a dinosaur again. At no point this he turns into a dinosaur and... Uh, uh-oh. Lost you a little bit there, Andrew. Oh. Some technical difficulties. Oh. Uh-oh, we're losing okay. I'm still here. No. Okay. You, you were saying at no point later on. At no point in the later on when he turns into a dinosaur and turns back, is he naked? Every right. other time throughout the rest of the movie, he's fully clothed, he turns into a dinosaur, and he turns back and he's still fully clothed. It's a yes. great It's the excuse I use all the time when people... <laughs> when yeah. It was certainly that actor's way of being like, well, maybe you could put me in a dress here. Like, you know, they couldn't pop by the church or his place. It was just, nope, we got to put him in the dress, you know. Well, you know, I mean, hey, let his freak flag fly. Let it fly. The only note I have for that is what was with the dress scene, so. Yeah. (laughs) With which one? The dress scene, but that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So, so they find a body, he says, that's disgusting. And she says, no, listen, you saved my life. You did so much good. And that's when she goes to touch him. And he says, touch me not, my filthy hand. Yeah. Like, again, like, if you're such a devout Christian, isn't this whole thing with Mary Magdalene? Did I miss something? Was she not a prostitute in the Bible? And how am I like missing this point here? It's like they Yeah. Also, doesn't she say to him about what he just did? Uh that was the most priestly thing you've ever done. Yeah. 
She says, she says, you saved my life. That is the most priestly thing you do. I do conduct mass. Like, that's pretty. Priestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I could have christened a kid. That would have been more priestly. <laughs> oh. Oh. I could have, uh, you know, officiated a wedding. That would have been more priestly. And tearing a dude into shreds and leaving him in the park would have been more priestly, literally. So he runs away, and she's just kind of like, huh. Like, her level of disinterest for him running away was a little bit off-putting. She was just kind of to. He had to get to confessional. Yes, he's that's like, right. I'm late for confession. That's right. Because he's late for confession, and he runs off. And this is great, because they do the shot, and they do the shaky camera shot, until he basically runs to a road. And this is how you know it's some local park because like in like three shots, he's like on Queens Boulevard or something. It was <laughs> really just like, what the, what? What's going on here? So anyway, <laughs> he says, he goes running to the church and then much to your point, Matt, as he gets to the church and Father Stewart is like, you're late for confessions. He's in his full priest garb. Now, why couldn't he go and get his full priest garb before they went to the park, but instead he was dressed like a 15-year-old boy hooker going on his first trick? I mean, I don't, I don't understand that. I really didn't. Neither do I. But we get to see our favorite character in that confession booth again. Yes, again. absolutely. <laughs> now, this is, I don't know if my cousin listens to this show at all, but... Freddie Mermaid sounds a lot like my cousin Marina. Like the way he talks, like that's kind of what my cousin Marina kind of sounds like that. And he goes in for a confessional. <laughs> this was also great. He says, uh, uh, well, my son, what was your last confession? This is Doug talking to Freddie Mermaid. He's like, oh, my last confession, father. It's been like two years. You're really going to bust my balls over this? And he lights a joint while he's parking up a joint. It lights up a joint. <laughs> he says, there's no smoking in here. Oh, come on, Father. This is going to be a long list talking here. Uh, yeah, normally when people go to confessional of their own free will to, like, get something off their chest. But, you know, Frankie just doesn't want to be there. He's kind of just, you know, like. Well, you know what it is? Frankie is a good boy. He goes to church on Sunday. He needs to get rid of shit that's on his chest. He just hasn't been to church in two years. That's all at this point. So he starts saying, I've stolen shit. I've, uh, I've, uh, stolen, I've done drugs. I have hookers. Um, he says, I kill, pe I, you know, I kill people. And he says, when have you taken blood? Oh, I do it all the time. Somebody asked me to kill somebody, and I just do it, you know, because I got to do it. It's like last time I did it, like, I, I did a middle-aged couple. I blew up their car, and it was in front. I think it might have been in front of this church. And this guy came out, and he fucking. I, I think you might have known him too. And he was like crying, and then he showed a shot of Frankie on the sidewalk, just in this absolutely ludicrous pose where he's squatting like he's taking a deuce on the sidewalk, and he's just like ah. ah. He says, and I got to tell you, and that priest was crying, and I got to tell you, Father, my dick was getting hard, and I was just like, what the fuck is going on here? Literally, the funniest thing I've seen. And then the priest, like, as he's talking, the priest says, you killed him? And you hear, like, this crackling, and he's just making faces, and then it's just, the, like, the rubber hand comes out. And he, Frankie basically by the throat, he says, why did you kill them? Uh, somebody asked me to do it uh, I, I didn't do it but I'm not going to tell you because you might as well kill me he says okay and then Doug rips Frankie's throat out in the confessional I love Frankie what, the thing I love I know. Frankie is he he has the potential they don't quite get there I think but he has the potential to be the most evil character in film he could have they could have made him the most evil character ever committed to film like he's just he just can't help he just can't help being so so evil he's, there's just no point he's just like yeah he's he was so fantastic and like i said whoever that actor is he really committed of all the people that were in that movie he committed 100 it's like what do you want 
you got it. You want an asshole pimp? You got it. We'll, we're doing it. And I mean, he's just, as ridiculous as he was as a character and as cartoonish and buffoonish he was, to me, he was the most realistic character in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, I want to see that spinoff. I hope the sequel is a prequel dude, to the origin story. Dude, yeah, that would be amazing. One, we're staying two, it here. We want that. All it, it says on... Yeah, all it says on the IMDb page is it will be an LGBTQ-themed sequel. I just saw that earlier, right before we started recording. They just announced there's going to be a sequel. What? Yikes. Is, is, is the Velocipaster discovering some stuff about himself? What's happening? I don't know. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That's pretty I, awesome. But, uh, but I will say this. What's that? I was going to say, like Sean said, a prequel about uh, Frankie Mermaid, I'd pay to see that. That's the real movie. Well, maybe, maybe it could work. Maybe he joins a circle of people, a support network of people who are currently going through transition. And he's learning how to go through his transitions and dealing with that. And they're all just LGBTQ, transitioning male to female, non-binary. And then he's a priest who's coming to terms with becoming a dinosaur sometimes. Dude. The, the possibility of great characters is endless. Mm. You, get, you get, you know, a transgender dude turning into a pink flamingo that just freaking kills everything. I mean, it's just I like- I would like to see a bit like a, a, a drag queen who becomes like a T-Rex. Yeah, absolutely. And if they bag like Elton John for that, how great would that be? He'd be dumb not to do it. It'd be dumb not to do it, exactly. <laughs> what I wanted to say was Quentin Tarantino needs to watch this movie and hire fucking Freddie Mermaid and just work him into his last film. Oh, my God. Frankie Mermaid, sorry. He needs to work uh, Freddie Mermaid into his last film. Can you imagine? No, that's not even... All joking aside, that would be amazing. In a Tarantino would, movie? Can you imagine? If Frankie Mermaid was in a Tarantino movie. Tarantino could write some dialogue that would just be unbelievable for that character. Even if they mentioned him and said, like, yeah, remember Frankie Mermaid? He used to run the hookers off of 24th Street and then some fucking priest ripped his throat out. That alone would be, like, killing <laughs> Never mind. Bigger picture, I honestly, I honestly would just like to see Quentin Tarantino redo this movie. Like, direct and write this movie. Yeah. Because it would be so fucking good. Yes, it would be. It really See, would. So seriously, that's like the only thing missing is someone who is very talented and extremely knowledgeable and has all these references, but takes himself extremely seriously. Like, it would be incredible. You'd have, you'd have Mermaid going around, like, killing children and then, like, waxing lyrical, laughing. <laughs> Just, ah, oh, great. I blew up a school bus full of nuns and I got my dick hard, yeah. Uh. I, 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 I'm just trying to think. It, it would basically be Kill Bill with all the ninjas, because you have like 50 million ninjas, like two tankers worth of fake blood, and, and he'd probably have like the real like Jurassic Park effects going on where the dinosaur stops and is just like, ripping shreds out of people and like chomping them and it would be good yeah that'd be good yeah it, it, yeah it would be no what would be really cool is if they got the guy from Jurassic park that hunter guy who gets killed by the the raptors if they pulled him in as a cameo to be hunting the velocipaster what if they work in that he was killed by the velocipaster in the park Clever girl. It's the first Jurassic Park movie. Clever girl. Except for one girl, I'm a Catholic priest. Yeah, that'd be... Wow. The yeah. possibilities are endless. Yeah. What's that? I said the, possi oh, the possibilities are endless? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Okay, so I where do we go from there? The Vietnam prequel. What's that? I'd like to see more of the Vietnam uh, back yes. story. Yes. Oh, before we go on to that, <clears throat> um, when, when, when he runs away, 
And he's, uh, uh, before he runs away, they have an exchange, uh, 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 what's her, Carol and Doug. And he says, when he finds out she's a prostitute, he says, you're a prostitute? And she says, yeah, but I'm also pre-med and pre-law, but nobody seems to be amazed about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. She says, and there's then she, a surprising, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead, Matt, you, you got the line, go ahead. There's a surprisingly low demand for, uh, there's a surprisingly low demand for hooker doctor lawyers. <laughs> really? I wouldn't, I think there'd be a high demand for that. Like, <laughs> a really no. high demand. It's a hat trick right there. It's she like clears your chlamydia. Uh, it's, it's like the triple fucked. All the three types of people that you go to to get fucked. <laughs> so true. <laughs> it's, that oh. would be amazing. That would be amazing.